Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Can we give a big shout out to Tristan, please? Just clap for our serving our children. Come on. Tristan, I hope you can hear this. She's walking upstairs. <laughs> It is so good. It is so good to be invested into our children. This is, this is our inheritance, y'all. Our children, our youth. Um, Ross, thank you for pointing out about youth night. It has been a blessing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think as a parent or anybody nowadays, I mean, I was nervous also before our first youth night because I'm thinking, I'm like, how can you approach youth nowadays? They're so surrounded by information. They know it all and everything like that. And um, I received a really good word of encouragement from my friend. He's a youth pastor at Church on the Rock, um, Paul. And he was like, Vic, you know, I want you to know that with youth, a lot of times, he's like, nowadays, it seems like they're not acknowledging. They're not all there, and they're just sitting there with their arms crossed. He's like, God is doing something. The fact that they're showing up, and uh, they're getting the seeds planted into them, okay? So um, I'm very thankful. I ask, and I urge every parent, every one of us, um, even if you don't have young children, but to please pray for our children and our youth. We really are doing everything we can as a church right now to heavily invest in their children program and our youth and everything we can to help them grow and develop um, because this world, if we don't step in, if we don't do our part, the world will do their part easily, and they're doing it from early age. It doesn't take much to know what they're trying to teach kids nowadays in school. Like early on, it's pretty scary. You know, there, there's some classes in the States. Look it up. They're introducing satanic stuff. Uh, Ross mentioned it to me. Pastor Mark may have mentioned it one of the Sundays we were on vacation. But, I mean, Satan will, he won't miss an opportunity. And if we're caught sleeping, <laughs> yeah, it, it, could be, it could end a whole lot different. So really just continue to pray. Um, even if you're spending a little bit, like, you know, five minutes before bed. Uh, no, you know, get their thoughts uh, aligned. If they come from school, you know, speak with them, spend time with them. And I think that's such an incredible encouragement for us because guess what? Before you know it, I mean, I myself, when I'm talking to youth, I'm like, guys, not long ago, I remember I was just in high school, middle school. I really have vivid memories and experiences. It was like, it literally seems like it was yesterday. And here I am, and I have already fourth, we have fourth child on the way with Larissa. I'm like, time is flying, but I'm very thankful that early in stages of my life, there were people around me, there were parents that spent time with me um, and told me things, you know, told me about God. And I'm glad there was Sunday school, there was a Bible studies. Uh, those are very, very important. Our desire in future is to increase that to once a week possibly, but here at the church, we like to always uh, approach things um, here at Whitefields realistically. Uh, it's better to do less, but do with quality. But I do believe we're heading to the, towards that direction. There's a lot of desires uh, with home groups, with studies, uh, with men's and women's studies, you know, carnivore and ladies yeah. meeting. Um, we're implementing some things right now, like we're doing a study together. So it's nice that we're growing together as a family, right? And I urge you not to miss those opportunities. Also, worship nights. Uh, this is such a precious time uh, for you to just encounter the Lord and uh, because you can do your best. I mean, it's true. Sometimes you can get in the car or 
they have those Toyota Sienna commercials uh, where somebody just parks into their driveway and just turn on the music and they just have a quiet moment. Um, it's impossible for me because my kids know when I'm approaching, they're waving by the windows. <laughs> they're like, hey, dad's coming. And so, but I urge this time as a body of Christ, really uh, dig in deeper and come to worship night. But if you haven't been there, uh, us, I encourage, I, want, I would love to see all of us being there because we're, there's no preaching Nobody's going to be telling you what to do. It literally is just before you and God, you open up your heart. You know, our music is a little louder, so you can be louder. <laughs> so you don't have to feel awkward by, you know, crying out to the Lord. I always think it's fascinating that um, I, I've, I've met people that are, like, very ultra-conservative, and they're like, oh, there's, you know, we need to stay in reverence and stay quiet the whole time in church, and I'm thinking, well, reverence, I think they're missing the point where reverence is. Reverence is when you honor God's word, amen? When you, when you, when you, when you fulfill what God is telling you to do. But, um, if, but then the same people, I've seen them go to the, some games, you know, sports events, and they're losing their throat screaming for a team that is not going to give them any benefit besides just temporary satisfaction that they won or they lost, and all their joy. Did. And I'm thinking, well, you can do that for people, I think you can do that for God. I think you can really just honor God. And I, I urge you, I know a lot of people say, well, I'm not like that. I'm, nobody's going to tell me what to do, you know. <laughs> and it's fine, absolutely. But when you come before the Lord and you open up your heart, just see what happens. Uh, with youth, I was also talking. I said, guys, it's, okay. it's good to have questions. You can ask God about everything. You're questioning God of his existence, creation. Tell him. He's waiting and, you know, he always wants to have a conversation. We always talk about how God gave a free will to a man. He will never impose his will from the, from the beginning of time, from Adam and Eve. If you think about it, God was like, oh, this could, this could change the whole history from the beginning. And yet God allowed them to make that decision, right? Yeah. Because that's the kind of God we serve. He, he wants you to freely do that. And it's the same thing when Jesus is coming up to sick people. And obviously, you know, if somebody was blind or sick, and Jesus would say, what do you want? You know, so, and uh, I was telling you, I was like, guys, even if you don't know how to pray yet or you haven't practiced that, I, I want to challenge you to go to your room and just tell them like it is. Just, if you had a bad relationship with, you know, you had a, a friend and all of a sudden they backstabbed you or, you know, for us, looking back, we're like, that's not a big deal. But to them, it's a very big deal. And I asked, I told them like, guys, you can tell God absolutely everything, everything. Pour your heart out, even if you're questioning if, if God is real. When the moment we open up our hearts, we're opening up a line of dialogue, right? So it's not a one-way street. Often what happens is, though, we, we cry out to God or we pour out all, everything that we need, and then we just leave. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm sure you know some people. You talk with them on the phone, and you're like, and this happened, and this, and no, 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 you won't believe this. And it's like, okay, I got to go. Okay, bye. And they needed that, you know, and that's it, fine. I think those are great. But a lot of times it's a good time to take this moment of quietness, even if it's a minute or two, and just stillness and quietness or go outside, you know, and just take this time to breathe and just like, Lord, you are wonderful. And just hear him. And God, how he talks, remember uh, going back in time in my, some of the sermons, we have one device and we have two voices. And our thoughts is how God speaks to us. You know, we either can hear it from Satan or from God, okay? And so it's very important that we tune in and work on our relationship with the, um, and our communication with God. And today, that's what I'm going to talk about. 
Um, it's something very basic and we all would know, but I think it's a good reminder, uh, especially as we as a church, as we're growing, uh, as our children are growing, we need to be growing. If the kids are growing, then my faith, if our faith needs to be keeping up with them. You know what I mean? It's the same thing like with technology, right? What happens is, I, I honestly, I'm fascinated. I, sometimes I look at Mika and she'll pick up an iPad and my, my Mika is tiny. She's about to turn three. And she'll pick up and she'll do this three-finger swipe, which is switches between pages. I didn't even know such thing existed. And, like, they're, I feel like they're better at me than I am. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, God forbid, if I, I, it comes to my time and the kids are, like, excelling me at faith or worse is where I'm not even keeping up with them. And they're in the question of the most vulnerable stages early on. And this is where Satan is just penetrating them. They're not going to tell you a lot of things. But as you practice fellowship, you know, dialogue, they'll start opening up. And I think that's what's going to really increase um, just the well-being of your family, your spiritual life. So don't miss opportunities. If there's time for worship, come. If there's time for prayer, come. This is a good time for you to grow. Your children listen. They follow you. They replicate you. I mean, you lift up your hands. Your kids are lifting up their hands. Think about that, how profound that is. I didn't mean to have such a big in the beginning, but I really felt like the Lord is really just encouraging us um, and encouraging us to just watch out and be watchful and pray for our youth. Come on. Amen. Do you agree with that? Amen. Good word. Thank you, Pastor Sid. <laughs> um, last, uh, we had a wonderful speaker last week, uh, Michael McSween, dropped an amazing word. Um, it was just perfect in line with where the theme was at. God is growing us in our relationship with Him, and um, there are certain things signs should follow, you know, those that love God. And um, as we're growing, Pastor Mark shared about it as well the week before that. So, um, and then the last time I shared, I talked about three habits of a healthy heart. Um, kind of want to keep in that rhythm of just the basics, but that are foundational in our life. Um, I'll just review real quick. I based those three habits of a healthy heart off of uh, Psalm 119. Verse 12 through 116. Uh, I'm not going to read it right now, but uh, point number one was know what to hate. It's very important. I know people are like, what? What was that word hate doing in the Bible? I thought we are supposed to love everyone and everything, right? But uh, it really talks about the importance of knowing what to hate. Number two, knowing where to hide. Because nowadays people turn to all sorts of things. Uh, as soon as things go south, they turn to different things that are surrounding them. Sometimes it's bad company. Sometimes they're calling, you know, the not so good friend, you know, and instead of, you know, turning to God or turning to alternative things, you know, drugs and alcohol. And just one of those things that we talked with kids, I said, guys in life, you know, Satan's going to use everything he can to, because he can't create. He can only, he fakes, he distorts everything that God made it great. And he will, you know, take something like as soon as you hit some kind of a difficult challenge, you will turn to alternative source to try to escape things. But how many know that we're in this life? We're not here to escape things. <laughs> Even Jesus, when he said, hey, I'm not asking you to take him out of the world, Lord. I just pray that you'd keep him safe in this world. And we're here to affect all the, community, all the people around us, our community. Amen? So know what to hate, know where to hide, and know how to hope. Very important because sometimes we lose our hope and we actually forget what is hope. You know, and I've... I used an example. I said I flew with this one lady and said that she was like, well, here's my philosophy in life. You know, hope for the best, expect the worst. 
That's not very faith-like, you know. That's, that's not the way you hope. You know, faith is still, hey, it's active faith. Remember, like, uh, it's active hope. If you walk in, like, you can hope for a better sunny day tomorrow, but if it's going to rain, I'm not going to be there. Oh, I guess I'll just walk in the rain. And This is so dismal. This is Alaska. Time to maybe move out of state of Alaska. No, you put on your jacket, right? You, it's an act of hope. You, you pray to God and say, hey, God, let your will be done, whatever it is. Amen? So those three points, very important. But um, while there seems to be no limit who God is willing to use in that same sermon I talked about, there's one kind of or type of personality that a person that God consistently not used. Uh, someone who is living half-heartedly. They're like, yeah, I kind of do this, but I'm not sure about this. It's kind of like in, in the New Testament, you know, he talks about you being lukewarm. And it even goes as to extreme God saying God will spit you out. That's why God loved people that are passionate. Even if they were on the wrong track at that time, look at Saul, right, who became Paul. God changed his name. He was killing Christians, but man, he, he, he had this honest belief, and he's like, I'm doing, I'm cleansing, I'm getting rid of these people that are uh, preaching something else, not other than God, and then Jesus encounters him, and it's amazing, and just how God just blew, blew his mind, right? Uh, you can use a donkey to just stop and start talking to you. That, that image in itself is just amazing. Just imagine just a donkey just start talking to you in your regular human voice. <laughs> But God is almighty. He can do all those things, right? But in order for us to be kingdom-minded, uh, we must be equipped. Um, and in the scripture, actually, the first scripture I want to pull up, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, uh, talks about being ready to give an account of your faith. Because there's nothing worse, just I think in life, if you're a manager or whatever the position you are, and somebody below you comes and asks you a question and you don't know how to answer now imagine a kid coming up and asking a deep question of your faith, whatever it may be, anybody. And you're like, uh, I don't know, because it's a tough situation, right? So 1 Peter 3.15, right there, look it up. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine, look up on the screen. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. All right? <laughs> so well, why do you believe? Isn't everything terrible around you? This is the time for you to like, well, actually, this is the reason why I'm full of life and I'm enjoying life is because I have something in my life. I have Jesus Christ in my life. Gives you a perfect opportunity to share the gospel. But I like it, finishes off, says, but do this with gentleness and respect, right? You don't tell them, you're a sinner, you're going to go burn in hell. I mean, some of it is true, but there's, we also need to understand that God is full of grace and truth. It's very important to understand that. So... But when somebody asks us about our faith, this is our window. I mean, especially if somebody's asking, it's not you, you know, ready to start. But I guarantee you, when you spend time with certain people, they'll start asking you questions because your greatest testimony is your life, your actions. Amen? So that's why we're covering the essential aspects of our healthy Christian life so that we can live a life that is pleasing to God. Uh, and today, I want to talk about our communication with God and how God uses his word, the Bible, to speak to, the, uh, to, speak to us. Um, there are benefits in reading his word. And um, they're very essential to our spiritual life. And I, like I said, it's, it's going to be basic, simple, but really I want the Holy Spirit to help you just engage and lock it in and the importance of reading the word. Because I would say this is the primary way that God speaks to us, okay, uh, through his word. How many know that communication is 
by far probably the most important thing in any relationship, right? I mean, if you, sometimes you'll say something and somebody, and you joked, and man, it, the other person like, what? what? What did he just say? <laughs> communication is so vital. Uh, we take communication very seriously when it comes to our life, right? In our everyday situations, in our marriages, our communication with our children, like, am I getting through to you, son? Am I, do you understand what I'm talking about? So communication is very, very vital. And, um, but for some reason, we kind of, when it comes to communication with God, we have this different understanding of him. We're thinking like, well, this is somewhere inside the church around godly people, the Bible study. But no, communication is literally, we, we, we need to be able to talk to God freely as we would talk to our loved ones. Amen. So now one perfect example I'll just bring up from my younger days uh, when I was dating my wife. We kind of sort of skipped dating. In dating, we, we, we liked each other always, but I couldn't figure it out for a while. But uh, we lived in different states. But I remember, for some reason, remembering this number. Larissa probably will not remember it. But um, anyways, our, our main source of communication was texting, okay? And, uh, and there was the time where there was unlimited texting. I don't know. For some people, that might be shocking, but nothing was unlimited back then okay and you can talk only after 9 p.m remember otherwise your bill would just go crazy so our main source was uh, texting and during first month um i got a bill that one time and i don't know i, I guess i exceeded the limit even though it was unlimited but it was over 15,000 text messages in one month uh, think about that that's a, that's a really good amount <laughs> so um I didn't necessarily send all those texts because I love texting, but it was, uh, I think it was because there was something behind it, right? Because I loved her. This is the way I communicated with her. So I think the same idea lies here in our relationship with God. He also texts us, uh, communicates with us constantly through over 31,000 verses in the Bible. Uh, Genesis through Revelation. Um, he communicates us when we read and meditate on God's word, right? So... Um, some people in this popular, they'll say, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to read the Bible. God speaks to me directly. Um, I, I always I think it's interesting because I know that if God is speaking, he, he will confirm it with God's word. And so it's very important. If you don't study the Bible and some random person comes up to me and says, thus says the Lord, or God says, usually if God is speaking, it's not going to go contradictory to the Word of God, you know? It's very important. And uh, Nancy does that phenomenal teaching us about that, that we need to be careful, you know, when it comes to pay attention what you're grounding it. Because there's so many people that Satan's out there distorting. He'll pretend <laughs> that he's your friend through somebody. Um, and I mean, think about it. Jesus even himself when he was living. And, uh, and then Satan was able to get into Peter's mind. And say, like, oh, Lord, protect yourself. And Jesus is like, get away from me, Satan. <laughs> yeah. And then a few verses later, he says, you are the rock upon the web. I will build a church. Um, so what I'm saying is that I can happen with everybody. And it's very important to pay attention. And if we're not grounded in the word of God, we can be caught in that moment. We could easily just allow the devil to get in. And we just see something that's not our way. And snap at our wife, at our husband, at our children. So it's very important to be grounded in the Word of God, amen? Because we are, we recognize His voice. Word of God is Bible is like a litmus test for communication with God. And um, there are many Christians 
you know, myself included, for the longest time, I struggled with reading the Bible and how to do it. Um, and I believe the large part of it is because we don't fully understand the importance of the Word of God and their need for it. So I'm going to jump right into the five points, five reasons to read your Bible. Point number one, uh, the Bible reveals Jesus Christ. Very um, common sense, but the reality is even the Old Testament, you read through the prophets, it talks about Jesus is coming. And I love that then Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So obviously we can see that Jesus desires for us to get well acquainted with him, right? And Bible is the best way to do it because that's the scripture, this breathe word of God. Um, we also see in John 5 uh, that Jesus tells, you know, to study the scripture. Um, in John 5.39, let me pull that up. Because they reveal who he is, so the scripture does. St uh, John 5.39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Come on. So our goal with reading scripture is not to fall in love with the idea that the Bible, right? But it's to fall in love with God. Because God, when you start reading it, some stuff doesn't make sense. And you're reading it, reading it. And all of a sudden, sometimes, like I, I've told you before, keep reading. Even it's okay if you don't fully understand it. You'll be walking and all of a sudden, that scripture just comes to your mind. And you're like, oh, I get it. I know what that means. And God does that so nicely because a lot of times he'll put you in the situation. It's as if like he gives you a word and then he puts you in the market for it. And he'll confirm it in so many ways. But that obviously starts with practice, okay? If you don't know that if we're not reading the word of God, it's kind of hard to understand where God is speaking, right? But God, scripture talks about every situation in our life. It's incredible. Um, and I'm thinking, also wanted to point out, when you find yourself falling more in love with the idea of reading the Bible and just wanting to post cool pictures um, of it on Facebook, Instagram, uh, rather than just loving God himself, you're missing the whole point. I mean, I, I want to point that out because, I mean, I myself did it. I had friends uh, that I follow, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you're at, and they'll, like, post a picture. I don't know. <laughs> I know this. One gal, she posted a picture of herself on the beach, and there's the beach and her tan legs, and then she puts the scripture right underneath of that, and, you know, <laughs> like, blessed are those feet that, you know, that preach the gospel. <laughs> and I'm like, well, um, not sure if that works, <laughs> but <laughs> not sure it's the best way to spread the gospel, but maybe it's a modern take that I haven't fully grasped yet, um, or there'll be guys in the gym, you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with, like, just you know, take off their shirt and they're just like showing their muscles and they're like, how would be thy gains? Or, you know, I'm so CrossFit. <laughs> or Jesus lifts me up, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling these things because I've seen them, guys. Uh, I may have posted one of those before. <laughs> you know, on Facebook, sometimes you come in and you're like, gives you that memory from like 10 years ago. You're like, oh, Lord, how's it there? I better delete it right now. <laughs> oh, man. So loving the idea of God is different than loving God. I really want us to understand. We, we can think it's cool, it's hip. And nowadays, and people are like, 
You know, oh yeah, I love God. But we have to understand, a lot of people are talking about wrong gods, okay? Because if you're adjusting God to your standards, that's idolatry. You know, God is a righteous God. There's nothing impure that can stand before Him. And Jesus Christ is the only way that's standing between God's wrath and us being burned alive, really. But we have to understand that when we fall in love with God, we start understanding His heart after us. And it's incredible. So... But with what I'm talking about, right, when people are talking about the idea of loving God, Pharisees did a similar thing. They memorized, old, you know, Old Testament scriptures, um, and they were quoting, you know, they wanted to make sure that people could see them praying. And um, I've done this before when I was younger, you know, and I liked the girl, and she showed up to church, and I was like extra spiritual during that time. So I wanted to make sure she sees that I love God. <laughs> But yet, you know, so Pharisees did the same thing, but yet they crucified its author. Think about that. It's very profound. It shows that it's possible to know the Bible, but miss God. And even in the end, Scripture tells us that, well, there's people that are going to stand before the throne of God and say, God, didn't we do this? Weren't we good people? We, 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 we healed people. We laid our hands on the sick. We casted out demons. And God is like, I'm sorry, I actually don't know you. Who are you? Think about that. that I mean, that's, that's a wake-up call for us to be like, Lord, I, I, better, I better start my, better increasing my communication with you. Amen? So don't just read the Bible. Fall in love with the author. Point number two, Bible helps you to conquer sin. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's amazing. So let me read that again. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So that talks about the, you know, how important it is, how Bible actually helps you overcome sin. If you were to ask some of the people, one of the questions that I ask when I meet with people and I pray and I say, hey, and they're like, hey, I'm struggling with this or that. And, and I say, how often do you read scripture? One of the questions that I ask. And I, why? Because I asked myself that question, okay? <laughs> so Because I couldn't understand. I was like, why am I, why am I keep hitting a lot of these bad patterns and struggling with certain sin? It's because... I wasn't reading really the Bible, okay? Um, when you begin to live in God's word, you begin to receive courage and um, not to sin. You, 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 you become more stronger. It's like a gym, right? You, you receive power to uproot sin or kind of any immoral thoughts that can, you know, come into your life and hinder in your growth with the Lord. And if you're struggling with personal sins, I just, this is a question for everyone. Evaluate your intake of your word of God, Amen. Because ask yourself, what are you pouring into your life? When, just for entertainment, whatever it may be, right? Because people's like, I don't have time to read the Bible. Well, for some reason, it shows them how active they are on Facebook for the whole time or whatever it may be. I'm not judging. I'm talking about myself again in many ways. I spend a lot of time on Instagram, and I'm like swiping, swiping. And it's kind of interesting to think, right? They call, what do they call Facebook or uh, Instagram, when you're sliding, what is this whole thing called? Feed. Oh, think about that. That's what is feeding your soul. And it's like swiping, swiping until like, and there seems to be no satisfaction because then you see this and you see that. So what are we pouring into our life? Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever it may be. Um, now, I think it's great if you're listening to sermons, preaching. I think that's incredible. So if you do um, do that, that's awesome. But I do want to say that it's a supplement to your personal or spiritual growth. Because if you don't read the Bible, 
what happens is there's, there's some not so biblical preachers. I'm just giving you a heads up. There's, and you have to be so alert. And they'll say something like, off the rails, and, and people are shouting, amen. And I'm like, that's against the word of God. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not good. So that's why when you read the Bible, you're able to quickly identify, like, wait a minute. That ain't right. So what are we pouring ourselves? Uh, what, what are we pouring into our spirit? Amen. So remember, preachings are the sup, uh, they're a supplement to your personal spiritual growth. So if you're listening to sermons outside of amazing sermons that Pastor Mark preaches, um, I want you to also dig in in your word yourself. Amen. So um, point number three, the Bible is a sword for the believer. So another benefit is because this is a sword. This is your weapon. And according to Ephesians, the Bible is your weapon, right? It's a defense against the ungodly influences in our life. Ephesians, look up on the screen, Ephesians 6.17. Uh, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. This is your weapon. This is, <laughs> this is one of your weapons. Uh, a few weeks back, we talked about the you know, full armor of God. But one of the most vital ones, any warrior... To overcome anything, you need a weapon, right? You don't go out in the battlefield with a stick. <laughs> so you need a sword. And God has given that to us, right? And this word makes it clear that every Christian does have a sword. And they can use it at any time. But uh, a lot of times what happens is we get easily swayed by just wavering emotions. And so what happens is rather than turning to God, we're led by our emotions. And our emotions are like very bad. They're like a bad girlfriend or a boyfriend. You know, they're so inconsistent. They can change within minutes and seconds. So it's very important. Do not be led by your emotions. Amen. Look at Psalm 144.1. It says, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. <laughs> not your fingers for uh, social media warfare. <laughs> Because somebody was like, my fingers for battle. I wonder if this is prophetic about future. Well, perhaps. <laughs> I, I'm not discrediting it. Sometimes you do need to give an account. And it's okay. I believe God uses all things, including platforms, social media. And if somebody posts something that's so ungodly, you have a perfect time to say, hey, this is what I believe. But our idea is to, not to get in the warfare, right? Our, our idea is to get in the warfare against the spirit that's behind it. What you're able to do is bring the truth, Right? But God, is full of, but God is the Word of God. He is the truth. So when you are strong in your Word of God, you have that weapon. You have that ability yeah, to yeah. give an account. Amen? The main theme, to give an account to whatever you're seeing before you. And uh, that way, if a teacher, your teacher, you're you know, teaching something to your children, you're like, wow, what is that coming from? You're able to give an account. You're able to give a response. But remember... It's not a, a physical warfare, okay? Somebody of our teens asked, why is it called war room upstairs where you have where? And uh, I'm going to talk to them next time we have youth. Because this is our wars against not physical war. Not against my brothers and sisters, right? Even if those, my, some of my friends and sisters that are not walking in the truth, but I'm not fighting them. I'm fighting the Satan who's stopping to hear, from them to hear the truth, right? So look at Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper, again, this, we're talking about the weapon that God has given us, right? He's given us a weapon, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of the spirit. So when God drops a word to somebody, when he tells you to say something, sometimes you'll say something little, and it's so profound to them. 
And it just hits them so deep. And they're like, whoa, wow, God just spoke to me through you. Why? Because you're grounded in the word of God. Amen. You have the sword, the word of God. So it says, um, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You might have different versions of the Bible, but it's going to give the general same main theme. It's so powerful. Uh, don't discredit what one verse of the Bible can do. That's why I encourage people to memorize scriptures um, whenever you can. And even if you're struggling, if you read it five times, you'll be surprised that later on you already have an idea of how the word approximately sounds like. And you'll be like, what is that scripture? Oh, but guess what? We have this Google and it's awesome. And that's what I use a lot because a lot of times I'm like, I have the general idea of what the verse is. If I type it in, it will give me exact verse. So it, it is helpful to even read it five times or a few times, even if you don't remember it. Okay? So, because what happens is as soon as we hit a difficult situation, we start quoting our feelings rather than God's word. And I talked about how um, people, Israelites, when God was trying to take them out of Egypt, immediately, as soon as they hit a challenge, they would retract back to their feelings. The, the, the physical things, the nice fish and everything like that. Never mind the fact that they're getting whooped for it. You know what I mean? So the uh, devil is clever. He tries to drag you back all the time. But when you know what God said about you, when you know that God is bringing you to the promised land, you know that he promised to bless your family and your children. And this is the word that you receive from God. And it's confirmed. This is what you hold on to. Amen? Because in this world, we will have trouble, right? Jesus warned us. So... Don't run away from problems. Face everything head on with faith and with the weapon in your hand. Amen. So, um, and again, in the beginning, I said, you know, sometimes people say God spoke to me or God told me. Um, yet Jesus, though, said when he was in the desert being tempted, what was Jesus' response? He says, it is written. So it is written. And you, when you know that, that is confirmation. You don't need to defend word of God. It defends itself. So, and yes, it's a two, uh, it's a double-edged sword. Yes, and sometimes it will offend. Truth can offend, right? We talked about that. But the truth can set, only truth can set you free. It's just like that with your health. If a good doctor, you know, he will tell you the truth about your intake of your calories, whatever it may be, so you can live longer. So that's why Word of God does have the ability to offend. Don't be disappointed by that. But if you're quoting the scripture, you don't need to defend it. God's word will defend it. Amen? So, I encourage all of us to live by God's word and by what is written. When you study and you memorize the word of God, it, it begins to take form and life in us. So, don't give up. Use God's word to combat the enemy. Amen? Point number four, uh, what the Bible does, the scripture, the Bible increases your faith. It really does. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Look what it says. So then faith comes by hearing. Okay? And so it's a good time to say, like, what am I listening to? You know, am I just listening to random music, whatever? Um, but look at this. And it says, and hearing by the word of God. So we, I, and the way I understand the scriptures, when we read the word of God, it helps us understand who's talking to us, what's talking to us, what's taking place. Literally, you could be in the middle of somewhere and somebody just starts going off about their boss, bad boss. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God just comes to you like, boof, that's not, that's not from God. It's not what the Word of God says, right? 
scripture tells us, blessed those that are persecuted. And all of a sudden you get these scriptures and you're protected, okay? So that's why it increases your faith when you take more of the word of God. Um, it, in, in other words, it builds your inner man, uh, inner man, a spiritual muscle, so to speak, all right? Um, and your flesh does not like Bible. It enjoys only things that are superficial, that are, inter- you know, temporarily just, just to satisfy you. And I think when we don't understand the value of the word of God, we end up squandering all the benefits and all the scriptures um, that bring us life and that direct our life. So very important not to be lazy, but be steadfast and take that time. Start with setting little, um, even little reminders like, hey, I'm going to read just one verse before the Bible. Do that. I guarantee you. Do it diligently and just see what happens, okay? Um, let's get into our healthy, disciplined um, routine of soaking God's word. And in doing so, our spirit will become strong enough to dictate our life. Um, and I want to point out that flesh must become a slave to your spirit, not the other way around. Like, oh, I feel like this. I feel like this. And you're just like, oh, man, I can never satisfy my flesh. <laughs> so it does really help us to just coordinate our life and get our life on track. In Scripture, John 3.30 says, I must decrease he must increase. Amen. Uh, point number five, the last one here. Joshua 1.8. So Bible guarantees your success. <laughs> no, this is not prosperity teaching. This is the word of God. I'm telling you. And uh, Watch this. Joshua 1.8. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. It's talking about the word of God, right? Meditate on it day and night. So at least twice a day. <laughs> so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It, it gives you like a manual. Somebody it says the Bible is like, stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. It really does. The more you time, spend time in the word of God, it, it, it helps you avoid making bad decisions. It really does. It's, it's incredible. So, and then look at how it ends. Then you will be prosperous and what? Successful. All right? Say successful. <laughs> Y'all want to be successful? I want to be successful. <laughs> Joshua 1, let me read that again. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful. This is, this is so you may be careful. Pretty much, it literally just gives you like, a, uh, you'll be careful in making any decision in your life. So be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Um, so in doing so, that's, it, it, it pretty much, what I believe is it helps you establish a pattern in your life and avoid really making bad decisions. And the more I practice reading the scripture, I realize that I'm like, I'm doing something and just this thought comes to my mind. And I'm like, wait a minute, I, I, it's from somewhere in the Bible. And all of a sudden you're like, right. You're like, wait a minute, there's that device. <laughs> there's God speaking to me, warning me. Because a lot of times I'm like, ah, oh, it must be my thoughts. A lot of times God has warned us and and you will hear, and you know what is from God, but you kind of shut it down, and later you're like, oh, that was a bad move. <laughs> I, should have, I should have acted upon the word of God, because he's speaking to us. The more we read the word of God, the more clear we can understand things, and the, more we can, the better we can avoid making bad decisions in our life. So it does guarantee your success. Look at this. Psalm, this is my last passage. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. This is talking about you and me, okay? And in his law, he meditates day and night. Again, 
at least twice a day. Scripture in the morning, scripture in the evening. I mean, even if you start doing that, right? He shall be like what? Tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. This is talking all about success, y'all. Whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does, he shall, he does what? What does it say? The last word. I know it's kind of hard to see on this because of Psalms. Prospers. Okay. And you may have, I'm reading out of New King James Version. But it says, and whatever he does shall prosper. So that means God is blessing the work of your hand. The word of God is literally, it's like a, <laughs> I guess I want to say it's like a leather man. You guys know it's a leather man? It like has multiple twos in one. Yeah. It's literally, God, you're walking and you're standing on the word of God and you're like, oh, this situation. Like you pull up the screwdriver that you need that moment. <laughs> I feel like the more we apply word of God, the more applicable it becomes like an everyday situation. And it's really, I believe, God's desire because this is his primary way to speak into us. Amen. So God's desire is for us to know him, for our roots to be deepened in him. Amen. So that we can provide fruit to those that are around us. Okay. And by one of the ways that the scripture tells us that we shall know that we are children of God by what? By their fruit, right? And so we got to start producing. And the thing is, I know that a lot of us think, oh, we're not qualified. I'm not called to be a preacher or anything like that. All you need to do is share the love of God to them, you know. And one of the best ways of doing it is living the word of God. Your actions speak louder than words. Amen? My actions speak louder than words. If I'm a believer, but if I'm like cursing people out that cut in front of me, Probably, word of God's probably not guiding me at that time. Most likely. I want to say 99.9% of the time. And so, the more you dig in the word of God, it becomes like the essence of everything you do. You see something and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I think I know. It's like you have this guidance. And so what happens is, Father has the word of God that's for us to live. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. That's like, best way to explain it is a Wi-Fi connection. Continuous. When you're walking you will always hear the word of God. You will always hear the voice of God. And it's all confirmed by his word, right? So you're not going to be led by any emotions when somebody says, oh, you shouldn't do that. Or you shouldn't raise your kids this way or whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, you know, you have an option to say, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Or you say, what does the word of God say? Hmm. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, bless those. <laughs> bless those, whatever it may be, right? So word of God is so essential in our life. And, um, Next week, I want to encourage you guys. We're going to talk about another essential aspect, which I really want to talk about prayer next week. And if we need to know our basic foundation, the Lord of God, word of God was being spoken to us. Uh, we hearing prophetic confirmations over and over again. The guys, the fields are white; they're ready for harvest. But it's time for us to act. And I believe these are some of the basic uh, things that will help us just to be able to be grounded in His Word, grounded in what He says about us. Amen. So again, real quick, this, a review. Number one, Bible reveals who Jesus is. Number two, it helps us conquer sin. Number three, Bible is our weapon, our sword, okay, in this world. And um, number four, Bible or the Word of God increases our faith. And the last one is it guarantees our success. It really does. You will not... Be shaken when you're standing on the word of God. That's, that's the foundation. That's the solid foundation. It doesn't matter what's happening around in this world. 
whatever pandemic, sicknesses, whatever it may be, wars breaking out, you can have complete peace in the middle of the storm. Amen. Last thought I want to leave, very important. Why are we living in our times? I was asking, you know, that to teens. Wow, I guess God really trusts us, doesn't he? Because <laughs> when you look at it and you're like, wow, with everything that's happening around us, God has placed you and I for this season in our life because we can be the ones that can impact and help with that last great harvest. I mean, I can imagine in the heaven we get the kind of conversations we can have with Paul and, you know, Everybody, Jesus and all those disciples and like, man, you guys had all this technology we didn't have. You guys have had all these resources we didn't have. And all we had was just a little bit that is written. And all we had to do is continuously walk. You guys had cars. You had this. You had an opportunity to call from any point to anybody and check in on them and say, hey, I'm praying for you. You know what I mean? Like, so God has given us everything to prepare us for the last harvest. And I really, I'm like, I looked the other day. I was like, God, thank you so much for believing in me just like he talked with Peter and he's like you are the rock and I'm upon you I'm going to build the church Amen. put your name in there and Peter and read that to yourself and say I am that rock and that I'm supposed to lead people to church lead people to God amen come on let's stand to our feet thank you for joining us today please make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you'd like more information about our church please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.